Please listen carefully. I went to Google Breaking Dawn and I Googled Breaking Down instead. What's up, sisters? Welcome back to another episode of Everyone and Their Sister, the Breaking Down slash Dawn podcast. I'm Christina. I'm Natasha. And I'm Stephanie. And the thing that we have for you today is we're going to be talking about great movies from terrible books. I feel like you get that classic, the book was better though. And many times that's true, but also occasionally it's just not. Sometimes people are bad at writing books, but the idea that they had is so good. Someone comes and picks it up like a little baby bird and is like, I'll help you fly. And then you just get something excellent. So we will be talking about that today. Uh, I'd love to do a little roundtable chit-chat beforehand, but if I may peel back the curtain a little bit for our audience, the energy in this virtual room today is not high. We are, I am as low energy as can be. Natasha, quite frankly, I'm not convinced she's awake. Uh, Steph, (laughs) Steph is full of energy, but she had time. She had a little time to embrace and live her life. Um... And so she's she's awake, but I don't know how long that. I will had two last. coffees, and then I realized That's I hadn't eaten anything today, and I was like, "Oh, That's maybe I should." I, in my feet of low energy, I ordered spicy chicken nuggets for lunch. Ooh. And from the McDonald's. Whole time, yes. <laughs> and the whole time they I good? was like, "You're an adult. Why are you doing this?" Yes, they are good. Are they spicy? Uh, who's to say? But so no. <laughs> They're they're crispier than the regular ones. I enjoyed them. I enjoyed them. I enjoyed my little moment to myself. So I think, yeah, I mean, I will say, okay, one thing before we get into this, and this is where, again, the energy is is weird. The vibes are simply off. The vibes are off. Uh, Nat hasn't said a single thing since I started talking. (laughs) I'm waiting for her to jump in with any thought at all. I'm watching you physically black out while you're talking. I'm trying to stay aware of what the words that I'm saying. But like I said, I never know what's going to come out of my mouth. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm busy. My brain is somewhere else. Uh, Here's one thing about this episode theme that got me a little mad. I spent all of last night thinking about narrowing down what I was going to pick. And I was enraged because I know, I know for a fact, I can picture this like it was yesterday. At some point in my life, I have said the words, this was so much better as a TV show than a book. I know that I've said that. I've probably talked to someone and been like, you know, because it was a book, they were able to expand, uh, because it was a show, they were able to expand on all the ideas. They were able to spend more time on more characters. Uh, A lot of really side characters became mains, blah, blah. I know I've said that bruh what was it about what was the show i was talking about i looked through my tv time for every single show that i have ever tracked in that app which is thousands of tv shows and the whole time i was like i don't it's not it's not any of these i don't know what the hell i was talking about and so coming up with this choice actually ended up being a struggle because i was like well here's you know 11 possible options but what the fuck was that show that i was thinking of We'll never know. We might not. I will never remember. Certainly this group won't. And the dead-eyed stares that I'm getting are certainly (laughs) something. Uh, So for our audience, Stephanie, why don't you tell us about your good book? uh, uh, Oh, my God. Why don't you tell... 
book. Why don't you tell us about your good movie that was a shit book? I, I mean, you already read the title, people. You probably know what I'm about to talk about. Um, but let's picture the scene. Let's picture this. I'm going to set the scene for you. You're sitting in a theater. It's 20... 2012. 12? It's 2012, I believe. It's 2012. You've read four books of this. You've read them. You've seen one movie, part one already, and you're you're sitting in part two, and you're like, wow, I like know exactly what's going to happen, but joke's on you. All of a sudden, every character you love is dying, and people in the theater are screaming, shocked at what's going on. I'm not even lying that's what happened in my theater and they were watching breaking dawn part two and hence to say hence to say all this to say breaking dawn part two is a better movie than the book because guess what you see everyone in the cullens who died which at this point in time in your life you're probably like i want every one of them dead i hate i hate this (laughs) series i hate this book i hate stephanie meyer i hate everything i want them all dead and you get that for a brief Seven minutes, ten minutes, who even knows? A, the longest, even less. The longest fake sequence I've ever seen in my entire life. And then you're like, oh no, it was just a vision. Cleverly done. Whoever thought about that was the smartest thing I've ever seen. Because that that book, that fight scene is maybe like, what, two pages? Because <laughs> it all happens in their head. It's like, it's like a, someone was saying on Twitter or TikTok, probably TikTok. It was just a silent battlefield <laughs> in the book. And that was it. And I was like, that is 100% true. So yeah, you do need... You need the you need the beautiful cinematic experience of Edward Cullen flinging Kristen Stewart across and kicking someone. There's at some point somebody's head gets torn off and you're I think like it's Carlisle's head. I'm like yeah, and like you you scream as his head is slowly being pulled from its roots. Like it's I'm just... like people legitimately losing their shit in the movie. I think that was like top top 10 movie experiences because like no one was expecting it and people like oh my god cry tears everywhere wow what a time what a time graphic too i think like also like in the book they never show you alice's actual visions she just tells you yeah it's because the book is entirely from who let me expose myself yeah it's entirely from bella's yeah but like so how would you see someone else's vision I mean, like, I don't know. She could be creative. She's a fucking author. Do something <laughs> I mean, about it. Like, you can woman, create things. Ma'am, the woman anyway. had a dream and then built a Mormon fantasy around it. Yeah, and she was able to talk about that dream and show us this way. But that credit goes to 100% the screen screenwriter, which I think her name was... As I look this up. Because I never actually went to my Google because I got distracted by breaking down instead of breaking down. I like that you've kept in, like, rather than just ending the sentence for, like, a nice clean cut, you said, no, no, no. no. I'm going to say was real long for, like, two minutes. I hope our audience is enjoying this episode so far. (laughs) (laughs) How can you not like Twilight? Here's the thing. If you're... I feel bad for this poor screenwriter. She had to... She had to write four five they they had to split that movie the last movie into two so she had to come up in her brain she had to adapt this four chunker book series and she's probably like i hate all of them and that's why in her heart she's like they all need to die and she did that and ultimately also and i was thinking about this to myself i'm like if they had actually died in the they've all like something's happening they all died in the movies like that was a perfect spin-off for another series because i know people 
obsessed with Twilight. Like, that could have been a good spinoff about everyone's dead and, like, now what do you do? But I am not. I don't think that would summon entertainment. It's the the equivalent of, like, Marvel's What If. (laughs) They would not have been able to pull it off. You could not, like, while I personally would have loved a Twilight ending where all of them are dead, (laughs) I don't think that you could have pulled that off successfully for the ending. But breaking down part two... Um, that was the one you made us watch for your birthday, right? Yeah. So is that also the one where Kristen Stewart is standing in front of the mirror the day after the first time she has sex and she touches her stomach and she that's realizes she's pregnant? Part oh, one. that's in the first one? Oh, okay. Then uh, I won't uh, comment on that one. I mean, you can. Ultimately, probably that was also a better uh, <laughs> better the, movie the than moment, the... <laughs> the moment you see her like start to disintegrate as a human being... into this like husk it is cinematic in that moment for sure and you don't see that in the book it's burned into my brain like honestly it's been what 10 years burned into my brain of her her back breaking because she goes into labor like like triangle of the back like that so they did its job like I'm visual like I remember the movie 100% more than I remember reading the book even the creepy doll poorly done but I remember it the fucking what is Jacob imprinting on a child? Truly, Remember that too. <laughs> truly, Breaking Dawn Part One and Two, the most grotesque movies to watch in theater. Like there were uh, highly traumatizing moments in both <laughs> movies. And but then you have people on the flip side being like, "That was the most beautiful wedding I've ever seen," and I and I'm gonna copy it. Ugh, so many people have said that to me. That that song. One of my friends was just like, oh, yeah, I always cry when I see their wedding. <laughs> Christina's I don't understand it. I don't. I, but you know what? All the power to those people. The Twi- the Twihards? Shout out to yeah. the Twihards. Yep, the yep, Twi Moms. The whatever. Oh, that I... really took me out, took it, took a lot out of me to pump up Twilight. <laughs> As someone who read the first book and then didn't read any of the other ones because I was like, this is not for me. No thanks. And then did not see any of the movies except for the last two when you made me watch them. To this day, I have no idea what happens in the second of either of them. And have no clue where they get to from the first book to the third movie. The movies, it's a very Fifty Shades of Grey situation where, like, there's an element of ridiculousness that is much more digestible in a movie form than it is as a as a book. I, I think mean, a book is hard to be ridiculous because I'm like, I spent nine hours of my life for this crap, but an hour and a half to perfection. Perfection. Everyone's watching it at the same time and we're commenting on it. El- elated. Love there's that. Something, there's also something about, like, things on screen that just, like, make it fucking hilarious like things that like in a book you can take so seriously but on it like look at vampire academy like there's parts of that where i feel like could have been serious but they were like nah this is a fucking joke <laughs> which i hope vampire academy is definitely its own little yeah pocket of they made two movies and try to push them together speaking of that that was exactly what i was going to talk about though for the first breaking down was um the scene where she was like, oh my god, I'm pregnant. And you see her and her stomach is completely flat. And she's just touching it. She's like, there's a baby in there. Bitch, how? Like, maybe you're just fucking bloated. And visually, the gag is perfection. 
because her stomach is flat. We're like, how would you, in a book, you wouldn't see that. In the book, she'd be like, I have a slight baby bump. And in the movie, you're like, woman, what is going on? You're just gassy. <laughs> you ate a taco. <laughs> Take a pepto. Why is that like your first thought, like the day after having sex? You know what I mean? Like that's your first, like it's not like is anything that else. super I don't think it's sperm. the day after. I'm going to give credit to the movie. I don't think it's the exact day after. It's, it's a few like a weeks. Week. No, because they have the montage. Yeah, I'm saying not the exact day, but like obviously the, pretty quickly. In the book, it's definitely a week after. It's Yeah, it's not enough time. Yeah. It's an it's honestly, it's probably about the same amount of time it takes for someone to fall in love in a Katie Robert book. <laughs> that seems to <laughs> <So> three days. <laughs> oh man. That's all I got to say, but segue side note, Vampire Academy is going to be a TV show. We have to shut it out. We're we're yes. already its number one fans. There's people the cast on, on Instagram have been showing getting their like fangs done. I am I have so... high hopes. I'm so interested because I think it was very, not to turn this into a Vampire Academy the sh- movie review, but I think <laughs> we already did the, one of those. Yeah. <laughs> Check <I> think, out previously. <laughs> I think the Vampire Academy movie it was like I don't I want to say a mistake, but I feel like the humor in it was the where they started from, and then whoever was making the movie was like, no, you need to pull it back and yeah. make it more serious the way that the books are. So I'm interested to see, will the show recognize that the part of that movie that was enjoyable was the fact that it was absolutely fucking absurd? And if they do, I'm going to love the show. The The books were even funny. Like, the books were funny. Again, I haven't read them in probably 10 years, but I remember them being like, oh, this is actually hilarious. And then you see glimpses of that in the movie, randomly. Do, do we trust the humor of a 19-year-old Steph? Yeah. <laughs> I trust they, my judgment. Were they were they funny in like the same way though? Like were they like It was like sarcastic. Okay. I yeah, I would I'm going to go read them. I'll go, get an update when we do when we review the TV show. I'm okay, going to let you know. I will say I did read like the first 3 books and I did not find them funny. And that was like in the last year. <laughs> you read them in the last year? Yeah. You make a lot of interesting choices. The important thing for us to take away from here, though, is that Stephanie recorded on this podcast <laughs> that she was going to read them for mm. our review of the TV show. Well, you're, we, no, you're committed now, man. I, I didn't I'm sign gonna, a contract. I'm putting this in the episode that we're releasing. Our audience, hello out there. What's up, Marina? They're listening <laughs> to this right now, okay? And they know that you said that. And then when we do the Vampire Academy TV show episode review, I'm going to take this audio again and I'm going to put it at the front of that episode. <laughs> we'll see if I make it. I probably have a year and a bit till the till the TV show comes out. You're, you're, you're not... very, very hopeful about this. <laughs> I mean, I just want something at the end of the day. I want something that's fun, that has vampires and like is a teen show. Like, that's what I want. Just give me what like I want sex education, but with vampires is basically mm what i would like what i would enjoy and i think when i say this i speak for everyone (laughs) that it's all what we want here's a uh, i'm very pleased to support you but i want them to be in university and not in high school can i please get something Mm. about adults Uh, it's not against the children i want them to have content for themselves but i don't want us to have to be watching the same things i don't want to watch a tv show and hear someone say chuggy and realize i don't know really exactly what that means so i have to pick it up from context clues (laughs) I'm just, please, my life is so sad. Can Wait, I not just what, see someone else my age? What does Chugi mean? It's like an, okay. 
I'm like fairly confident. It is a, a slang term for like, I don't want to say cool. I don't think that's correct, but it's it's a good thing. No, it's not. <laughs> Are you sure? I thought Chuggy is what they call millennials. Like we're lame uh, and uncool. And like, if you like something that's chuggy, like, you like something that's a basic bitch would like. Is that like, yeah, like, is that like white millennials? Yeah. Chuggy is skinny jeans. Chuggy is Starbucks. Chuggy is... I'm realizing, unfortunately, something that what I saw was ironic. And I didn't pick up on that now. <laughs> you fell into the trap. <laughs> I fell into the trap because the just the person, I, I wasn't sensing sarcasm from them. I was sensing that they seemed to genuinely enjoy what they were showing. And I was like, okay, so it's a good thing. I'm glad I checked you on that. You know, that would have been embarrassing. In the- maybe, <laughs> maybe they were also just making fun of themselves. <laughs> so like technically... You know what I'm seeing about this though? It's but it, it just confirms my point. I want the youths <laughs> to be happy. I want them to have their own things. I want to have words that I simply do not understand because that's just life. Uh, but in order for that to happen, I need to have content that is made for me. Please and thank you. You know you know what I realized we're old. But the entire exchange it just fucking happens. Not just this, but like every time we got we get on Instagram chats, our faces are so fucking close to the camera. It makes me die a little on the inside. Like it's so it's Sorry. so much like Are they not okay. supposed to be? Am I supposed to hold out my arm and it gets tired? <laughs> like what? <laughs> I am con every time we do it, I'm always in the position of like, yes, my face is close to the camera, but it's because I'm lying down. <laughs> I am like who talks arm, like this. Who I know. talks like this. <laughs> I I recognize, and it, to, and it has to be up because the upward angle is more attractive. I know that. <laughs> I recognize that. However, I think like it looks like old people who don't understand where the camera is, even though we know where the camera is. We just choose. I'm appalled. <laughs> this is honestly such an interesting claim from someone who just the other night. When we were on an Instagram call with each other, put us in a drawer uh, and left us there. And then afterwards, picked us up, put us on top of a desk, and then continued her about her business building the desk while we stared at the ceiling in her home. You said the also, other night like it wasn't last night. Listen, the thing that makes me confident as well that it's... um. That we're old. So even before all of this was the very first time we got on that Instagram chat. And then in particular, you two spent the whole time putting on face filters. Yeah, because I looked like <laughs> trash and I wanted to cover it up. No, if no, I'm going to be looking at like, myself, I wanted to look like, nice. Oh, here's the single cute filter so I look better. Literally playing around, trying multiple of them, like the way my mother does. Going, oh, look at this one. There are hearts in my eyes. Your oh, mom look at is this the one. head. Bernie Sanders is on my Your head. Your mom is the head of the times because you think I, you think my mother could figure out how to put on a filter? No. So your mom is closer to us. Cool wise. My, my mom knows how so that we have something to talk about <laughs> when we're in calls. The vibes are so weird today. <laughs> Can you guys pick up on it? (laughs) Nah. What is your pick? I. Here's the thing. This, my pick. The book, is it bad? No. Is it anything special? Not particularly. Is it a great idea? Yes, I know this because it is like 
London's like biggest achievement in my opinion. <laughs> and that is Paddington Bear. <laughs> so of course, my pick is not Paddington Bear number one or Paddington the movie number one. It's Paddington 2, which is the superior movie. <laughs> of course, out of the two. Um, so Paddington 2 is the better movie out of the two. And like the books, they're like based on like like children's books. If we're talking about the books a little bit, they're like children's books. They're like, I don't know, like 50 pages long, whatever. If that, yeah. Yeah, if that. But they're by Michael Bond. They all have their cute little stories. But the, are they as deep as Paddington 2 is or Paddington or the first Paddington movie? No. First Paddington movie, for those who don't know, or sorry, the second Paddington movie, for those who don't know, is basically after Paddington has like kind of settled into his cute little London home with the Brown family. Um, and he decides that he's <laughs> going to get his Aunt Lucy a cute little gift from this like antique shop that he visits. And it's a pop up book that's of like London old times or whatever. And he realizes he doesn't have money. <laughs> And so, like, this whole movie is basically him picking up random jobs here and there, like, washing people's windows, doing random, like, cleaning on the street, helping people pick up, like, their mail or something, whatever, or, like, helping people, like, the garbage truck guy. Whatever. He's, like, doing these odd jobs to make money to buy this, like, $100 book. <laughs> like, it's it's not a cheap book. It's, like, an antique book. Um, but what happens is a thief steals the book. And that thief is Hugh Grant. <laughs> and this whole story is how this thief frames Paddington, an immigrant bear, an immigrant bear. He frames Paddington. A refugee. A refugee, really? yes. A refugee. A refugee that was just starting to settle into his life. He's starting to learn how to earn money in the big city, starting to understand what it means to exchange money for goods, whatever. This bear is learning how to live. And this thief has the fucking audacity, this white thief, <laughs> to turn... <laughs> I can't even say it with a straight face. Hugh Grant has the fucking audacity to frame Paddington, and Paddington goes to fucking jail. Nobody can defend him because he tries to save this antique shop owner's belonging, which is the book. He tries to save it. He chases this thief. He's like, I'm just trying to do good. I'm a good bear. I'm going to help this guy. I'm going to chase him down. He uses a fucking dog to chase this man. He leaves his prints everywhere. His bear prints. He doesn't have fingerprints. I don't know what they're basing this on. Apparently some cameras caught him because, you know, CCTV, whatever. It looks like he is the one that stole it because Hugh Grant is a master of disguise. Because he's a man <laughs> of drama. <laughs> I want to take a quick note. Hold on. I want to introduce you just one second. If you are someone that has not seen this movie and you're like, what does that mean? I want you to think of that old weird movie called Master of Disguise where there's that random scene where the main character is like, turtle, turtle, turtle. And he's in that weird Mr. Turtle costume because we're talking that level of disguise. It's quite yeah. frankly, excellence. Yes. So good. So basically the story is about Paddington in prison, making some inmate friends, whatever, making making prison life better for everyone with marmalade sandwiches. Aww. What it's it's the cutest thing, but it's also a conversation, obviously, about the prison industrial com <laughs> complex. It's about it's about like refugees, and it's about racism. It's about oh, it's about xenophobia because definitely he has a neighbor played by what's his face, one of the doctors. 
I'm gonna be honest. I feel like we don't have the energy today to 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 land on who it is. Peter Capaldi. Peter Capaldi. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Peter Capaldi plays a xenophobic neighbor who just wants to get rid of Paddington because he's not like the rest of them. Basically white or uh, human. <laughs> white and human. <laughs> Here's what, here's what I love about this movie. So, like, back when this came out, I think it was, like, 2017 or whatever, it ended up getting 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. This movie beat Citizen Kane, and only because Citizen Kane, historically seen as the greatest movie of all time, which is fucking Incorrect. bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> and it only knocked it out because apparently some 80-year-old review of Citizen Kane came out Kane came out and was added to the site. It's like 80 years old and it was a negative review and it knocked it down to 99% on Rotten Tomatoes. So Paddington Bear was beating it by that one fucking percent until until randomly this year, I believe, actually in like May or something, a negative review for Paddington 2 came out. How fucking dare this reviewer, first of all. How fucking dare. Second of all, Paddington Bear, when you Google it, when you go Google Paddington 2, the first Google result that comes up, is it the best movie of all time? Yes, correct it is. It is the best movie that we have ever produced in the 21st century. <laughs> so not only is this movie better than the book, it is better than every movie. <laughs> Make a valid argument. I do, I do. <laughs> Hello, audience. This is editing Christina stepping into another middle of the episode. Uh, this time, it's not to provide any explanation, but actually give you a warning because we do love you uh, and we want you to be able to keep listening to the episodes. So we can keep getting those downloads. And in order for us to do that, we are going to have to protect your ears from this next scene. Uh, so I would highly recommend if you're listening on headphones in particular, or even if you're just listening to it loudly, definitely turn down the volume for the next couple of minutes. Uh, you'll see why very soon. Thanks so much and enjoy the rest of the episode. I want to say it was not even a question. Um, when we got together for Nat's birthday this year, we decided we'd do a little movie night and we were like, okay, it's going to be a surprise. She's not going to know that we're going to do this. What movie should we pick? Mamma Mia. And I... <laughs> yeah, even though Mamma Mia is the correct choice and it's Nat's own poor life decisions that make her not see the joy. Is Mamma Mia the number one us, movie of the 21st century? Absolutely fucking not. Perhaps it is. Perhaps it is. You think I trust Rotten Tomatoes? Do you know how many people leave reviews? Do you think I trust people? No. How, I trust how many people? Pierce Brosnan <laughs> talks singing to Abatax. How many how many fucking Hollywood reporter articles are you seeing about Mamma Mia? No, all of them. It's all it's all about Paddington 2. Everybody cares about Paddington 2. The minute it dropped 1%, it was covered by multiple news sources. Ma'am. Ma People care. People care. Here's here's why your own argument is being used against you, okay? Because first of all, I actually think they're both good. I would 
I'd be happy to sit here and tell you why Mamma Mia is the best movie of the 21st century. But I think they're both good. You think that Paddington 2 is good and that Mamma Mia is bad. And you're sitting here acting like, oh, where's the Hollywood Reporter articles? Where's all these articles? There are a fucking bunch of them, which you would know if you were invested in the ABBA cinematic universe. Do you know how much people were clamoring for that sequel? They're making a fucking third one. There are no ABBA songs left to cover, but they're still somehow making it okay this is a joy that the entire world can come together for and you sit there on your high horse with your hard sciences degree (laughs) and you tell me that it's not good as part of as part of the anti abba universe which it exists i am on that feed because it's literally happy people who do (laughs) not know how to feel joy it is literally all us non-white people just sitting here like what the fuck is abba ma'am you have mm -mm, mm -mm, Mm -mm. not here you know how many non-white people love abba you think that this is a cultural thing in that regard? Do you think if you didn't bust up a dancing queen in the middle of several cultural events, everybody wouldn't lose their mind? Literally, this is not the chicken no, dance. No, this no. is a universal thing. And you know, not how I even know? the chicken because dance. I, you know how I know because I go to the movies in the theaters. I go to the movies in the theaters. <laughs> I see who's there. I'm in the message boards. I know who's excited about Mamma Mia. Everyone loves Meryl Streep, and everyone loved that movie. You are incorrect. All of the, I'm so, I had a point to make about Paddington 2 as well, but the fact that you could sit here and act like they're both not equally good when their whole, the whole thing that they do is impart joy onto you as the viewer. It, it Agree. Tr- truly wild. Agree. Truly wild. Colin Firth is in it. I like Colin Firth. I like Meryl Streep. Do not like that movie. Because <laughs> she can't You're wrong. Joy. What's what's not to love about a dance sequence? Can you tell me? Dance Can you tell me? <laughs> I'm not Fucking... into the story. I don't love Abba songs. That's Christine, just period. That's how Christine it is. Baranski, Christine Baranski telling that little kid that he is too young for her to fuck and then tying him up in that little diaper thing. That was... Where are you ever going to see that again? Never. Never. This was such a flash sorry, in the pan moment. What? <laughs> Yeah. Oh, you're interested and now? You know how I know? No, yeah, you know I'm how disgusted. I know? You know how I know you don't remember you didn't really watch it because you don't remember? Because if you had seen that scene, it would have imprinted into your mind forever. But you sat there and you knew you weren't <laughs> gonna like it. You didn't give it a chance. I gave Paddington 2 a chance for you. You think that I picked up this movie because I was like, you know what I want to do today? I want to watch a movie about a fucking bear. I don't want to watch a movie about a how? CGI bear. How I don't care. You? Racism. I I didn't care about the second one. You are just, you are just, no, you are just as bad as Peter Capaldi. You loved it. You You loved it. You You are, you are coming in here. Mm -mm. No, you're coming in here. We gotta stop. I'm I'm tearing up. I'm crying. (laughs) You said this movie is so good. I love it. It's about all these different things. It's excellent. hundred percent. And because of you, because of you, I said, you know what? I am going to keep my mind open. Maybe this is not what I think it is. It's much more than a kid's movie. And I'm going to watch it. And I sat there. And I sat there with an open mind. And I sat there the whole time. I was like, for that, I am going to embody my whole self while I watch this movie. Okay? I am going to be receptive to its message. And I was. 
I support it. It was good. And I did that for you. And you sit there and you turned on Amia and I can see already you sat there the whole time. Arms crossed. Scowl on your face. You didn't give that movie a chance. You didn't support it the way I supported Paddington for you. If it was my birthday, you would not put Mamma Mia on the TV. Oh, oh God. I'm crying. And I can honestly say I cried in a Mamma Mia movie as well. So we're kind of full fucking circle. The second one is crushing. I the mom cried, is dead. I cried my fucking eyes out at this final song. Anyways, oh, what an emotional journey we've been on. <laughs> I need to blow my nose. We oh, as God. people are not okay. <laughs> I think I think that 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 segment's done. <laughs> I think we covered all we could. Are, are you sure? I I, I think just so. A, I think it's Christina's turn. You one just more? The, just the last note. Okay, fine. Paddington 3 is on its way. Oh, that's all I gotta news. say. I need a clean uh, And on that, on that <laughs> note, uh, let's go to me talking about my movie, a completely non-controversial pick that will not inspire any of what just happened uh, because I review movies with an open heart and an open mind. Uh, and I'm not a joyless, soulless person who will not try something different for their friends. So what I want to talk to you about today is I want to start off talking about The Room. And The Room is not my pick, but The Room is that classic, horrible, horrible, like, not even B movie. It's like an F movie. Is there a W movie? Like, that's what we're talking about. It's classic. You know it. You've heard <laughs> W for Wazo. Tell me Exactly. It's W rated. Um, now, I can enjoy a bad movie. But I like a bad movie that's done, you know, with a little bit of like, haha, we know it's bad, you know? The Room is not one that I can personally find joy out of because I think they genuinely thought they were making something interesting, at least the guy that was making it was. And so I'm annoyed that he gets money from anything about The Room. But The Room was so iconic in its horrible badness that the main, I don't even want to say the main actor, that's not really correct, because the main actor was also the director, producer, funder. The actor who plays the best friend in the Mark. room, he, he Rick, uh, I think his name is Greg in real life, wrote a Hello, book Mark. called, wrote a book called The Disaster Artist. And I had a friend that really, really, really loved the room. She does not listen to this podcast because she does not love me, but she does love the room. And she was so excited when the disaster artist came out. And I was like, oh, um, for her, because that's the kind of friend I am. I also read it so that we could chat about it because I had seen the room with her, too. And I don't know how to directly express this is like a biography memoir of this guy's time on the worst movie ever made. And the whole time I was reading it, I was like, what is your position here? Like, what story do you think you're telling, sir? It was such an odd book. It made no sense. I feel for the guy in some ways, but the whole memoir, I was kind of like, you know, you made a choice, right? Like, the whole thing was so odd. There's no reason to read this memoir. I'm going to say this. We are not tagging the author in this one because I'm openly saying, don't just not read this man's book. Don't care about his life, okay? It's fine. But then problematic king James Franco in all of his grossness, makes the Disaster Artist movie, which is really not even based on the book at all. 
It's based on the idea of making that movie, but it kind of optioned the book so that it could legally make this movie about the room in the first place. And when I tell you that movie is so much better than not just the book, but the original movie it's based off of, I have never been more surprised in my life that the Franco brothers are like actors who can act because that's what happened in that movie. And even to this day, I'm like, wow, you really sold me on those two guys. And I would have not considered you good actors before this. It is, it's one of those things where if you have seen The Room, you have to watch The Disaster Artist because the way they remake the scenes from The Room in The Disaster Artist are so perfect down to every minute detail that you are like screaming, crying the entire time because you can picture the actual high mark in your head. You can hear him saying, no, Lisa, I did not. And then watching James Franco deliver that in somehow the exact same way. Like you just have to picture that James Franco spent that whole week standing in his room with a, watching the movie watching that scene over and over again going, hey, Mark, so he could get all of the exact inflections correct. It's a wild movie. I have I enjoyed that I laughed at it and the intention was that I was supposed to laugh at it and that I was being tricked into comedy by somebody who didn't realize they were making a comedy. So I would highly recommend if you haven't seen it yet. I still like the fact that this movie is about, like, what a fucking mess. <laughs> Tommy was always, and yet he was still invited to like the Oscars. He was part of like this whole thing. Like he pretty much okayed this, and it it's wild to me. Like, here's the thing: Tommy Wiseau strikes me as a man that doesn't know when he's being made fun of, and just assumes that everybody's actually likes him. And it's it's wild to me because like it like it kind of speaks to his like whole. I mean, this is more not about the movie, but more about Tommy Wiseau because like yeah. his entire his entire history is so fascinating to me. Like even just like <laughs> so, do you know like he, yeah he refuses to talk about where he's from. By the way, okay. just just FYI, he refuses to tell what kind of like European he is essentially. Um, he also refuses to talk about where he got funding for the movie because he uh, got cameras no, from like. Sorry. He does say where he's from. If you ask him, he says it's from selling jeans. I'm sorry, what? He tells people that he got the money to make the movie from selling jeans. Okay, that's not where he got the money. (laughs) Yeah, we know that it's not. I'm just saying, he had had all the time in the world to find an excuse, and he picked, I sold a pair of Levi's. But, like, this is, like, okay, also, this is also pre-Disaster Artist book, but, like, a lot of the rumor, though, was, like, oh, he found cameras somewhere. Like, as in, like, he thinks, I think what happened is the cameras were got gotten in some weird, sketchy way, and he just was, Black like, market. yeah, I'll purchase those. <laughs> and it was, like, I, it's just, like, everything about this movie is so fucking bizarre, including, like, the random like per the site was it the psychologist or whatever who they had to replace after like one scene because he refused to work on the movie after that first scene yeah because he was like it's so there's just so much good stuff about this movie that it's like i don't there's so much i want to know and i feel like the book because i obviously that guy that's supposed to be his friend in the movie mark he doesn't know like the history of every, like, he doesn't know what Tommy knows. Does Tommy even know? I don't know. 
It was the funniest thing I think about the disaster artist is that it literally answers no questions. Yeah. Because the reason this is so fascinating is because everyone is like, where is Tommy Wiseau from? Where is the money from? What was it like? Why did he make this movie? Like, what was the point? What was the purpose Apparently, of any of this? Apparently, it's based and- on a thousand page book he wrote. A thousand pages. A thousand. Where is this book? <laughs> And then, so everybody picks up the disaster artist because they're like, we're finally going to know something. And it's just the author talking about how they were like roommates for a week or something like that. And he was like, he was the weirdest man I ever met in my life, but I guess I'll call him my friend because he's the only reason I'm relevant now. (laughs) And then they made a movie about it, which was somehow even weirder. This literally was a thousand page book no one will ever see in their life turned into the worst movie ever made, turned into the most mediocre memoir I've ever read, and then finally turned into somehow an absolutely excellent movie. Just very well done. Come full circle. It's it's part of this, like, I don't know, like this, like, weird, culty, non-knowledge knowledge. Like, it's, it's, I don't, it's crazy to me. The, the whole the whole room thing, crazy to me. Although I will say I do enjoy a lot of lines from that movie to the point where, like, I was such a fan of this movie. Fan of this movie. <laughs> I say fan. I just like the funny parts. Um, like, I would literally fast forward <laughs> for certain lines to the point where I played. There was a game made for this movie, by the way. I used to play that game hours on end. That's it was just, just so fun. That's when I just start to wonder, like, does the culture of hating something go too far? Because this man is so wild. Here's the reason why Tommy Wiseau is still involved in these things. And he says, yes, he's making money. I think the funniest thing someone said is that, like, he hates that this movie, like, the room people find funny. It pisses him off because he thinks he made a serious movie. But once they started filming it at, like, midnight screenings at, like, small cinemas, like, Rocky Horror style, he realized, like, oh, this is the only way people will watch the movie. So now he just, like, puts up with it, but he goes to them like people understand what's good about the movie. It's the wildest thing. even, Even if you have, like, a chance for whoever's listening, whatever, go watch the Oscar speech. Do you that, mean the one where James Franco pushes him out of the way? Because James Franco knows what's going to happen here. Tommy is going to talk and some nonsense is going to come out of his fucking mouth. And it's just going to go on a weird tangent and nobody's going to understand what's happening. Nobody's going to. So James Franco pushes him out of the way and you see that thought process go through his head. And then you also see Tommy at the same time kind of get annoyed about it. It's. Ooh, if that that could that that highlights everything about the situation. Sorry, to be clear, James Franco won an Oscar for this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like like a supporting actor award or like an actor. Uh, he James Franco won for best actor in the Golden Globes, and he brings up uh, that Tommy, the real guy, up with him. Yeah. Yeah. Bold and choice. Then he was nominated for outstanding performance by my actor in a leading role. So I think him and his brother were both considered leads. But I don't believe what's the other guy's Fox. name? Uh, Brad Franco, Chad, Dave, Dave Franco, Dave, Sorry. Dave. Chad Franco. Look at him. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. Uh, Dave Franco is technically the lead, quote unquote, because he's playing Greg. Yeah. But uh... I'm not gonna lie. Whatever James Franco did to become Tommy Wiseau, 
he I, I can kind of say he deserved it it also earned a nomination for best adapted screenplay and again it was for best it was nominated for best picture at the globes um so i oh. don't think it wasn't think he didn't Oscar. win at the oscars oh, okay. he won at the globes but he okay. was nominated at the mm-hmm. oscars i'm Wild. just saying if you haven't watched it yet you really really should and you can actually watch it if you're not someone that can sit through the room because they show you at the end all the important things you need to know <laughs> yeah you there's like literally... a, there's like a full like i think like a full 45 minutes that i used to fast forward through to get to the parts that i wanted to watch you could literally like you could pick a hundred people and you can say, I'm going to show you the beginning of this movie, and you have to guess what's going to happen at the end of this movie. And no one can guess the same thing twice. So you can literally have a hundred different options, and not a single one of them will be right. So anyway, the energy is weird. <laughs> Don't read The Disaster Artist. Don't watch The Room. Watch The Disaster Artist movie from whatever year it came out in. I don't care. And Breaking uh, Dawn watch- 2. And watch Paddington 2, but then also watch both Mamma Mia's. Because they're all good. They're Correct. all good movies. Correct. She couldn't tell me that Cher isn't a bad movie. I'm like, what the fuck? Cher, who was in Moonstruck and that devil one? No, Moonstruck is a devil Burlesque. one. Burlesque? The girl with the rope? No, that's not it. Is it? Hold on. Hold on. And it was a Burlesque and then it was Mermaids. And then, and then Moonstruck. Moonstruck is, is Jack Nicholson. That doesn't matter. This is irrelevant. This episode's already too long exclusively because we're so weird today. It's not even a long episode. It's just, I'm honestly, I, okay. If you've made it this far. Thank you. Or uh, Ardo or Yash or Shani or Marina or Wendy or Elisa Melanie. Mead, I'm actually not sure if she listens. Melanie, shout out to her. Uh, Kyle, if you're still listening, even though we're so mean to men. Um, I just want to take a moment. I want to say thank you, not just for listening to the show in general, but in particular for listening to this episode, because I have to edit it and I might just upload it as it is because I don't think I can listen to this. Oh, my God. I'm like, you can't do that. Excuse you. No, don't worry. I won't because I specifically said something that I know I have to edit out. (laughs) Oh, guys. I will always protect my image above yours, so it's fine. Oh, so you're going to edit out the part about Mamma Mia being just as good? No. No, I'm, I'm going to keep that in and I'm going to remove your objections because I, I don't want people to realize that you're like this. I want them to like you. And so I'm going to have to edit out your entire argument. Otherwise, you're going to get flamed on the Internet. You're going to get doxxed. I don't want that for you. You want your okay? number one fans, Shanice and Marina, upset with you? They're they're upset with you. I can feel it in my bones, in my soul. They're, they're, they heard you don't leave moment dead to you. They're, yeah. You're dead to them, I should say. Literally, literally. Wow, wow. An I think I think they time. know I dislike Mamma Mia. I'm pretty sure. I don't think they know do. at this level. Yeah, they don't, and they they would like you so much less than they already do. You know what I'm saying? It's like they find out at a high level. Oh, I'm not a big fan of Mamma Mia, and it's like, mm, I can never respect not now. I can hang out with her as long as we're not talking about Mamma Mia, but my respect for her, it's impossible for me to get back. And then if they find out the level to which you don't like it, it's almost like, is she my enemy? Do we have to kick her out of the Slack group? Is she allowed to be a part of <laughs> the Ray? Are you luck. allowed to be a part of the Ray Nicholson titty fan club? If you I'm are sorry. Not also a fan I, of Mamma I love Mia. that the things that I created are the things that I kicked out of. Because it's, because it's exactly, you have the ability to 
to see these things here. So why do you not see them from Omnia? Why do you insist on holding on to, quite frankly, this petty point of view that I think you do exclusively out of spite for us? I, I think, think it's a tart. Don't you want me to be happy? I think. Here's the thing. I am fine with you liking Mamma Mia. You don't have to try to make me like it. It's not about trying to make you like it. It's about letting you open up your heart enough so that mm-hmm. you can also experience the joy. That you We're can be happy. We're trying to make your life better. Let me just not have to listen to more white stuff that I don't want in my life. Let me Man. let me enjoy my life the way it is, please. Apple what one an audacious claim from a person that watched all of Bones. Yeah, grudgingly. <laughs> Do you think Mamma I Mia? enjoyed my time watching Bones? You are the one that said it should be done. You are the one and that I said I regretted will do this. it. I regretted the, it the immediately. Whiteness, the whiteness that you are willing to allow into your life is so much worse than this one. Isn't Paddington so too kind of white? They're all white. He is an immigrant bear. I'm looking at his voice, and it's a white guy. It was yeah. an allegory for race, but they use no people of color. Okay, fuck off. <laughs> Okay. You wouldn't accept that from anyone else. Before this you turns into a domestic, we got to wrap it up. This was, imagine if this was a sci-fi fantasy book written by a white woman, and she was like, I'm going to make an allegory for Pierce racism. Brown, so my, perhaps? So my main character will be a furry bear. Okay, maybe they're the theory literally is. called the Brown family, and they're all whites. Anyway, that's our time. This episode is too long. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. If you want to also tell Nat that she is wildly incorrect about her assessment of the Mamma Mia's uh, and the impending, show your support for the impending Mamma Mia 3, you can let us know on Instagram and on Twitter at EatsCast. We have a Pinterest at Everyone and Their Sister Pod where staff will make sure to post lots and lots of screen caps about Mamma Mia and about (laughs) Abba in general and their excellent costuming. Uh, and that's everything for us. We'll see you back here next week. Uh, who knows what our episode will be about. Hopefully the vibes will be better. This was certainly not one of our best episodes, but I think we touched upon some interesting things and we'll see how they affect the show. Uh, maybe Nat won't be invited back to the next episode. Maybe this is how she finally gets off the podcast the way she wants. Maybe we kick her out. Uh, Thank you guys so much, and you'll hear from us next time. Bye. 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 I'm. That was so weird. (laughs) It started off, and I was like, "Is this not a good episode?" And then we did everything in the middle, and I was like, is this a great episode? And then we did the end, and I was like, oh, is this a bad episode? And then we picked it up again, and I was like, oh, maybe it is good.